All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. My name is Andrew. We are talking about Abyss, written by Brad Wright, directed by Martin Wood. This is a good episode, is it not? Um, wow. <laughs> you people who are watching Stargate for the first time, how surprised were you? Tweet me, at Kree I'd love to hear some first reactions and some people squealing, Oh my god, it's Daniel! <laughs> Because, of course, Daniel is ascended, but as we've seen, ascended beings can drop in now and then. <laughs> and in the um, one of the special features, they were talking about how, you know, uh, they don't want him to just be, you know, uh, the angel looking over our shoulder at every week. He comes down and says, you know, with a wink and says, there you go. I did it for you. Go get him, tiger. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens? Um, previously, all of that stuff, and then running through the flashback, and oh damn, this this Tokra is O'Neill, who's been attacked, and is yeah, it's so very incongruent, isn't it, to hear uh, O'Neill with the flanged, blended Tokra voice? Very, very unusual, off-putting. It's the last thing in the world his character would do. And like he says, I can't believe I let them put the snake in my head. I, I can't either. Anyway, push and swell on the end of that scene. So one point for the episode there. After the credits, we got five points because we open the sarcophagus and we see the torturer is Baal. You don't see his features just yet, but I'd know that head anywhere. Baal, my, probably my favorite gold is in the episode. <laughs> He's uh, being super evil. And actually, this is the one of... I mean, there was, there was that time back in uh, Summit, Last Stand. But this is his big introduction episode. And he's one of the ones who's going to come up in this power vacuum now that Apophis is gone, and Sokar as well. Um, it's the You and Ball show. <laughs> it really is. And of course, Anubis. Obviously, Anu obviously Anubis. Um, one more point for the front gate stock footage guys at Cheyenne Mountain, and five points because of Gary Jones being in the episode. And um, just as we have some, you know, some scenes here in the SGC, spoiler, total spoiler, uh, Michael Shanks's name gets plastered on the uh, the credits. And I hate that they did that. It spoils it. The most, um, this is... This is like, this is a big deal. This is a big reveal, a big surprise that um, that Michael Shanks is in it, that Daniel Jackson is gone but not lost. 
Um, and I just wish they had maybe credited him at the end. Would have made more sense. Sorry, I just had to make some notes there. Um, we got, got a, 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 a one point for a push and swell at the end of the scene where uh, we have some bad news. Um, Dr. Fraser is in this briefing with the Tokra dude for... Why is she here? <laughs> There's just no reason? What's the reason? Can't, can't really figure it out. Only that uh, Dr. Fraser hasn't been part of the team for, for a while, I guess. Or maybe it's um, just uh, following the thread through from the previous episode, Frozen. And, you know, that wasn't the immediately previous episode, but in this story of O'Neill, it's the previous episode. Um, and that, it turns out they actually filmed them backwards, and this one was done first, so they didn't know why O'Neill was in that place yet. <laughs> That's funny. Um, The torturing of O'Neill. This is... So gruesome, so grim, so evil. Uh, really, really effective. Evil bad guy plan. It, it, it's. I found it chilling, you know. Um, on on TV, you know, there's certainly potential for it to be sort of you know, PG thirteen and family friendly and, and you know kind of neutered of all of its evil content. Because of the psychological aspect of knowing that you can die and I'm going to bring you back to life again, that adds this super, yeah, super chilling aspect to it. Um, yeah, what can I say? I mean, I don't have many comments. The torture scenes are so engrossing and the Daniel Jackson scenes just engrossing as well. You know, I just want to hear what these two guys have to talk about and... So actually, I actually decided, you know what, I'm going to add some points. I'm going to add a category of points to the scoreboard. Um, ten points if Daniel Jackson appears as an ascended ghost in the episode. So I'm going to add that category. It's now in there. Um, there's plenty of episodes in season six. Oops, spoiler alert. Um, there's a few times when he shows up as a ghost. In fact, I think he visits everybody. You know, everybody gets one visitation from the ghost of Stargate past. <laughs> but anyway, I was saying, this conversation that they're having, you know, they had a real kind of heart-to-heart -heart in Meridian, where Daniel Jackson dies, and they both have to kind of make their peace with it. In this one... It's also really kind of rolling it all right back to where it all started. This relationship between Colonel O'Neill, the hothead military guy, man of the earth, and Daniel Jackson, the dweeb, who is the man of ideas and intellect. <laughs> and they're really just, yeah, all the scenes together in the hallucinating prison cell, the stuff, that was so great, all the talk they do. like. But of course... They're both right, and they're both wrong. You know, O'Neill's like, I can't possibly ascend, that's not my thing. And of course he's wrong about that. Um, because he could. And, and like Daniel says, the Asgard <laughs> saw, even in Colonel O'Neill, the great potential of the human race. You know, his, his inherent, uh, universally recognized goodness. You know, but yeah, so he's he's wrong that he can't ascend, but he's also right. Like, and Daniel is wrong to say it's the only way out. You got to start thinking about 
giving up your burden and lighting a candle to cook a meal and stuff. <laughs> Daniel's wrong, because there's always another way, and it does require a Colonel O'Neill kind of hard facts, special forces operation, hit hard, get in, get out, use stealth, use distraction, use dirty tactics, you know. <laughs> All Daniel needed was to, like, uh, distract the guard for a second, and he wouldn't do it, and I gotta say, it's very frustrating to hear Daniel not want to get involved. Um, very frustrating indeed that he can't kind of do anything corporeal or material. Um, he can only do the whispering in the air, and in your ear hole, and it's kind of a bit like, like, the ring from Lord of the Rings, or something like that, you know, you, it, the ring can't control you, the evil powers don't control you, but it just kind of whispers in your ear and gives you these crazy ideas. <laughs> um, bu -bu -bu -bum. One point for a push and swell when Daniel says, I need, I'm here to help you ascend. And, um, yeah, General Hammond is playing this kind of poker game with the Tokra guy, I'm sorry, I don't know his name because he's not really that important. He doesn't come back as a recurring character or anything. He's just a placeholder Tokra. He's just an uncooperative Tokra dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, General Hammond um, that starts this kind of little thing, which we're going to see wrapped up in a season 6 episode called Disclosure, where it comes to a head General Hammond is a <laughs> canny and uh, smart poker player, and he knows when he's holding all the cards, and you don't mess around. And if you listen to the audio commentary for the episode Disclosure, which is in season six, it's got Don S. Davis in it. It's, as far as I'm aware, it's the only one. And it's beautiful. And he says, you know, you don't mess with a man from Texas. <laughs> you, know, you don't call his bluff. <laughs> it's beautiful. Go find that. Anyway, we see a little shade of that here in this episode, and it's very good, you know, uh, figuring out that the Tok'ra need us so we can be demanding and petulant. We can kidnap this dude, <laughs> this Tok'ra dude. Anyway, um, what have we got? One step at a time, Jack. Jack has to want it. Uh, it's, um... Oh, a one point there for the front gate. Stock footage, guys. Shooting backwards and forwards to the, um... To the team trying to work it out back at the SGC. Uh, I love this conversation, obviously. Just gave it... 10 wildcard points for the episode. You're a better man than that. That's where you're wrong! Um, yeah, we're really going right... You know, this is why Brad Wright wrote the episode. We're really taking it back to the origins of these two characters. The the elemental... the the You know, Jack is a man, I, I guess, of the Earth, and Daniel Jackson is a man of the... Air? I don't know how far the metaphor goes here. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the nuts and bolts. I have no morality. I simply act. I am an instrument of my nation's policy. Daniel Jackson, you always have a choice. You, we have to worry about morality. And, you know, these two things clashing. The figuring that out. And this is a really a much more interesting 
way to do it. This is it's a very it comes across as very fresh because we don't have Daniel, Dr. Daniel Jackson alive anymore. He's not standing there arguing about this or that course of action. You know, in this one, he's fully impotent. He can't run away and secretly sabotage something and force Colonel O'Neill to go along with his plan. He can only talk. It's the real war of words. And um, in the commentary, they're saying, like, they deliberately... Um, not the commentary, the uh, director behind the scenes for this one, director series. They deliberately took away all the props, all the set, so that these two guys are just in the prison cell looking at each other and talking it out and acting acting off each other and nothing else. So that's, I mean, thank goodness it's in the hands of a really competent director, Martin Wood, and of course the actors are fabulous, um, and they just... They knock it out of the park. It is totally engrossing, isn't it? And uh, in the hands of lesser filmmakers, it could really be tacky. And it could be contrived. It could be trite. Anyway, one more point for the front gate stock footage, guys. As back at the SGC, Jonah, Sam, and Teal'c have figured out the answer. Um, that... Uh, Colonel O'Neill would never leave someone behind, all of that stuff. And then we have this really interesting thing, and I'd love to hear your input on it. Tweet me at CreeYuhu, or write me, CreeYuhu at gmail.com. Let me know. Tilk is having his Kellner ream, and he's got his eyes closed, he's off in dreamland, la 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 la. And then, boom, an idea hits him right in the brain. <laughs> Meanwhile... Jack is saying, hey, Daniel, where were you? And Daniel says, oh, I just had something I had to take care of. Had something to do. Now, I'm, sh I'm certain that this means Daniel Jackson is learning or, or discovering that he can bend the rules of this ascension thing. And he's like, okay, I can't do anything to help Jack get out of his cell. Maybe I can visit someone else and whisper a solution in their air. You know, I'm certain that that's what happened. But the way they film it and the way they talk about it in the episode, it's left ambiguous. And it's deliciously ambiguous. Um, but anyway, for that, I gave it five reference points, because uh, this whole Daniel Jackson appearing as a ghost thing to give advice in a crucial moment, this is obviously an homage, or a rip-off, of um, Ben Kenobi from Empire Strikes Back, you know, and Return of the Jedi, you know. You strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And, uh, yeah. What else can I say? I, yeah, I just, just back on that again, I just, in the end of this season, I, I will, I'll spoil it, I'll spoil it just a little bit. The end of this season, Daniel Jackson is fully in the episode as an ascended being, and he has to make that choice and discover what limits are on his powers and what he can do and what he can't do. Because it's, it, they bring it to a really amazing conclusion and to a head um and and he just yeah so it's really cool to see it 
right here again just dropping the little seeds of that into this earlier episode about Daniel being able to influence events to a very limited extent and well if you you know it's he's not an all-knowing all-powerful being it's kind of like you know it's if you wish for magical power as well well you can't wish for invisibility or something there's like a catch you know <laughs> sure you can walk through walls and go anywhere and know anything but you can't do anything about it you know you're so limited I really love this stuff An another one of the reasons that season six just really gets me in the right place um just to finish it up, what happens here, the, the cute little scene at the end, Daniel Jackson, I always seem to be saying goodbye to you, Jack. You know? End of the film. Only seeing you around, Dr. Jackson. <laughs> and we've had many goodbyes since that time, haven't we? You and I on the podcast, we have noted them and listed them. There's been several times when Daniel Jackson has been presumed dead, and they've all had a funeral and put wreaths out and had a memorial service for him, only for him to come back to life. <laughs> I'm sure it will not be the last time that Dr. Daniel Jackson has to say goodbye to people. Anyway, at the end of the episode, just a little reference there. I gave it five points as an obvious reference to Groundhog Day, and Colonel O'Neill even says it, Groundhog Day, because this whole episode with the whole sarcophagus revival thing is really Groundhog Day for Colonel O'Neill, and it's the worst kind of Groundhog Day where you're being tortured every single day and every day is the same. Um, and, of course, in the film Groundhog Day, um, which is obviously, like, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, that's a, a big theme, is that eventually Phil becomes such a joyless, humorless asshole, and so negative and pessimistic that, for him, waking up every day is a torture. <laughs> anyway, I love Groundhog Day, and I loved this episode. This is really one of the key ones. You know, you can trace... You can probably, like, almost trace the really key episodes that form the, the like, the, the blobs, <laughs> the, the dots, and then the rest of the episodes that just form a line. And you can trace, like, Stargate, a couple of episodes every season from dot to dot to dot. And this is one of the important ones. You know, Colonel O'Neill, they start in the film. Children of the Gods, they work it out. You know, Solitudes is a big one for him. You know, these, these ones where... Their characters are really developed and solidified and explored, you know, uh, forever in a day for Dr. Daniel Jackson. That's a big one where Charest died. Um, what's the other one? Cold Lazarus, where they deal with the Charlie passing on stuff. And, um, 100 Days for Colonel O'Neill and, um, you know, obviously, Meridian is, you know, a big one. Um, and I'm completely blanking on episode names right now, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, this is definitely one of the pillars. This one. If you needed a sum up <laughs> what their relationship is, this episode is a big check-in on their relationship. Anyway, I liked it, so I totaled it up at 46 points, which is very good. Um... Not going to get it in the top ten of all time, by any means, but that's okay. And, yeah, bring on more of this. 
more of this, please, Stargate. Give me more evil Lord, Lord Baal, as in Bachi. Give me more Jack being, like, so over it that he's just, like, ready to go into the craziest battles of all time. Um, give me more Daniel Jackson meddling with human affairs from the plane beyond. Give me more of all of this. Give me more General Hammond playing hardball negotiations. Fuck yeah. <laughs> give me all of this. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.